Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Peace Family is 19 Keys with the 19 Keys Podcast. You're listening to a high-level conversation. Tap in. All right, a word from one of our sponsors. Make sure you tap into Goldwater Products. After you come listen to the information, you're going to need your memory stimulated so you can download everything in that prefrontal cortex. You want to make sure that hippocampus area of your brain that regulates mood, memory, and learning is fully functional and tapped in. Therefore, you want to tap into Goldwater. They have smart moths, sports moths, vitamin C moths, colloidal silver. They have just about everything that you, your child, and your whole entire family needs to stimulate your brain and your body and to make sure that your immune system is functioning. Before you tap into this great high-level conversation, listen to this song by Tezu Kulando called Goldwater. All right, y'all. Uh, peace and blessings, family. I hope everything is going beautiful. I hope everything is going great in your life. I got one of the most legendary people on the planet Earth. You know what I mean? If you didn't know, the Don Dada, the billionaire of consciousness, man. The man himself, the best thing since the Matrix. You know what I'm talking about? And after and before the Matrix. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Mr. Time himself, past, present, and future. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, oh. You understand me? Mr. Wear Crown more than Mr. 19 Keys himself. <laughs> The 19 pillar, the decoder, the master paradigm shifter, the one your mom was watching when she, before she had you to give you a conscious name, the one that <laughs> goes directly into the neurons of your brain and help you with your neuroplasticity so that you can have more adaptation to the reality that we're currently living in that help guide you in and outward and give you the trips to create the system of guiding itself. Mister, without further ado, make sure you pay your dues to... Blue pill. You know what I'm talking about? You gotta, you know, we gotta introduce each other like that because without the entitlement of society's popularity, people won't convey the legacy while you're alive. So a person can can convey Jay-Z's legacy to the appropriate amount of sales and monetization that he's done and the popularity and the commercial sense of what he's done. And the same thing with all of our other successful archetypes. But in the reality of how much reach you have in the world and how many people you've changed lives and how much value you've presented, that is a mass of Mother Teresa type level activities. And right. so I believe that same, not that a person is doing for that praise, but it's important for that to be there so that other people will know the importance of what's being laid so that they can sort of lay the same foundation of legacy as well. You know, so this is a dominant paradigm right here. The, the missed opportunity to do such, like you said, is not going to be rectified by media. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, you know, this community eats its young, so they're always trying to find a way to discredit or gloss over whatever sorts of contributions that you have made. You know what I'm saying? Don't worry about my crown, B. Uh, you know, the people that are... Um, you know, they stand on shoulders just to pee on heads these days. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, real talk, real talk. Now, so 
We was gonna get into um, some cloth talk, man. Some literal cloth talk today. Literal. 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 You know, about the Gucci's and the Prada's and the H&M's in the world. Uh, this um, little, and, and, yeah, yeah. And, and ironically enough, yeah. those three brands that you just mentioned, they have three things in common. Mm. The characterization of melanated people as monkeys, mm. right? Or, you know, the, the, the dressing in blackface. Right. Which if you you know, paid attention, was not just relegated to Gucci. It mm. was a national topic right. this week because of the governor in Virginia. Mm. Oh, yeah, yes, yes. You understand what I'm saying? So this is a recurring theme of this, this continuous caricature of melanated people, you know what I'm saying, especially the way that Europeans or people outside of this country, not just here, because this, this is now a Eurasian issue as well. Right. You feel me? Because we've seen these caricatures pop up in Asian America. I mean, in Asian countries and what have you, and they look at us as monkeys. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? So, so I, I want. I, I wonder, right? I, I'm always looking for the benefit, follow the money, but at the same time, you're talking about brands who are creating legacies. So they're not doing things for a moment in time. They're doing things for their ten years, their their twenty years, because they want to have brand legacy for a long time. They're not just reacting in the moment. I believe that they're very strategic. And so, and, you know. Yeah. I, w- I would have to um, concur with that. Mm-hmm. But I also, rather than um, speculating, I would have to ask an expert. Okay. And if I can't speak to nobody that worked or that is in the, um, the branding department of those right. companies, I would have to speak to somebody who actually at one point or another worked within the confines of these companies. Mm-hmm. And you, my brother, from what I understand, yes, sir. you know, I, mean, I had got your resume. I got a luxury degree. You spent a stint. I had a product degree. You spent a stint, you know what I'm saying, while he's working on your mint. So, uh, you know, is it wise to say that anything is done in these conglomerate corporations, if it, you know, does it go... Is it released to the world without going through some sort of screening? It's, it goes to, look, my process of getting hired, I had to go through six or seven people. There's so many different companies that, look, you pass it through here, then after you do it, then you have to pass it through this office, Then, but then they manage you on a whole other end, then you have an auditing system that manages them, so there's not, you know, creating release. No, it's create... Right. Process, process, filterization, management, audit, yeah, then release. Especially when you're talking about, you know, it's in a store, it's in an ad, like it goes through um, visual merchandising, so that person has to approve it. Like it goes through a lot of minds before it gets to the reality of the people. And so at some point in time, there has to be somebody high up that is the one that says, you know what, Uh, they just make an ultimatum decision if that's the case, that it's going to go through all these minds that somebody has to have a common sense decision-making ability to be like, I don't think this would be great for the overall branding. I think PR-wise, this might be a nightmare for those who may take it and look at it like this. So even when you're looking for that one person who made the decision, you still, everybody down the line is guilty, even to the manager of the store that may put it in there and without saying anything that like, yo, based on my customer base, we're going to get some recourse you know, like if we put this in the store. So you're talking about, that's why the whole company is guilty 
Unless right. somebody comes up as a whistleblower to say, look, no, I spoke up about this. I said I didn't like this. But in that fashion culture, they will turn a blind eye in the name of fashion. And you, this is what you have in a lot of these brand cultures is we allow people to do something negative And then we say that, no, this is fashion or like, no, this is comedy or like, no, this is this. We, we always allow the dominant entity right. to take over the morality. This is a parody of right, right. We're, we're using satirical um, mm-hmm. fashion to convey a message rhetorically right. Right. and stupidness. But only when we want to bully. Because, like you say, don't happen to LGBT, right. don't happen to ADL. Nobody's right. going to make a rhetorical Holocaust t-shirt. Right. It's not, not going to happen. happen. You know, nobody's making a rhetorical Jews save a lot of money t-shirt. But they'll hit the runway with the sister with the slavery mask or what have you and Mm -hmm. say, you know, we we were just experimenting and whatever it is that they experimented. Right. So, you know, just like you said, you know, even for a a designer to put, or a window designer, should we say, because from what I understand with Prada, they did it in Soho and they put the monkey face in. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, these things are deliberate. They send out an email, a blast email to every store. Mm -hmm. So here's the thing, when they're creating something new, they send a blast email out to all the managers, all the salespeople, all the visual merchandisers, so everybody gets the opportunity to see what's new. This is the new campaign, this is everything that's going along with the new campaign. So even if it has nothing to do directly with them at that store, Everybody in the company gets to see what's happening within the company. So there's no such thing as one person made a decision. Everybody whose eyes viewed it and observed it were all a part of that decision. Because if I was at the company and I seen this shit, I'd be like, yo, this look like some monkey face shit. Like, I'm emailed them back like, I don't think that it's going to go across appropriately with the black customer base that I have, especially with my black clientele, I think I'm gonna lose all of that. Especially, also, it's racially insensitive in the climate that we live in. in. Climate, this right. can be construed as black face. Boom, send off. Now, if you send that off, they become 100, 1,000% you know, responsible for reading that and then moving forward after someone of, whether you white, black, Chinese, Asian, gay, Jewish, said something. Right. But ain't nobody obviously said nothing or so, they just didn't give a fuck. What could be the possible leverage that um, multinational corporations are gaining from stroking people's emotions like this and sending out dog whistles to their clientele and customer base, like I said, which percentage-wise, right, because we could pull a percentage up mm-hmm. here and we could say that Gucci is primarily concerned with their millennial customer base, majority of which are Asians. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's important. Because as I'm there, I had to learn Mandarin. Ni hao ma, ni shao yon sama, nigga ba ba hao kan, chika ichi and joba jump, nigga, nigga, all the great stuff. I had to learn that so that I can sell to the Chinese customer base. And I learned that the Chinese customer base are very fucking racist at the same time. Very much. Very racist. Now, they love when they can become impressed. If you impress them like, oh, you speak Chinese, how did you learn this? Blah, blah, blah. They, like, they can't believe it because they're very much impressioned by the stereotype of black people. And whatever the news say, they don't go into a critical thinking analysis. You remember that they live in a uh, communist country, you know, yes, so whatever they propaganda get, they fed, they, get, yeah. they believe. So even if you would have an Asian friend, if you will, she will still believe all of the, your Asian friend will still believe all of the stereotypes about black people. They be, right. they watch a news segment and be like, oh, they say something stupid like, oh, don't black people kill each other all the time? Or, or don't black people eat chicken? Or like, they believe all of like, you would think like, 
yo, you got like a third world consciousness towards this shit. <laughs> like, what's wrong with you? But that's how their brains are. They're, they take what they're fed. They're not conspiracy type people. They're not conspiracy thinkers. They're not deep layer. Let me decode. So if I'm looking at it from that standpoint, and I say that what Asian just banned hip hop, uh, uh, Chinese market, and then a lot of the stuff they do out there is very much racist, then if, if, if they consider the stuff to be too black, let's say, like, oh, this is like black people, and then they degrade it down, like, oh, because it's for black people, then it's also attached to these stereotypes, then it's no longer this high-end brand. Right. Too many black people buy it. Right. So if you're it a brand, brand... Exactly. So let's just say that I'm just putting myself in the shoes of a person that will be making that global decision. And if I want to cater to my Chinese customers, my, 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 my Chinese consumer base, then what if we put out something that can be construed as racist like everybody else is doing with the blackface and it allows our asian customer base to see it like oh gucci don't give a fuck about black people black people actually mad at gucci right. this is not something that is for black people right. then they'd be like hey i think we can go shop at gucci again this is back to the luxury that it used to be right because for one they can they won't they can't empathize and read the news the same way we don't even know what the news is in china don't we don't know how they're reporting this situation yeah. we could it could be that black people are oversensitive to gucci's fashion taste <laughs> you know what i mean mm -hmm. like we're getting a narrative of america's news and in every country the narrative is different yeah. based on what they want to feed us the only reason that these people are able to get the news is because they're coming to us as the media but the average American is getting whatever narrative is thrown out. Right. So if I want to increase my customer base the same way, if I got hella black customers, right? And I, I threw out, I, I came with some drip to where, you know, I had a saltine cracker with a noose. You know what I mean? My customer be like, what the fuck is this? Black people be like, you know what? I ain't gonna lie. I was thinking y'all was going a little commercial at first, <laughs> but that was hard. That, that was hard. wrong, my G. Yeah. You Wait, know what? Bringing them yeah. home. Look at the white people talking about they boycott. Yeah. Man, I'm about to go give me some drip tonight. Yeah. That's the that's the re come on, man. We know that that's the reaction. Right, we, that's the reaction. Here's it. Virgil Blow. Imagine if he did that. Well, he made a if he had a shirt that says Huey P. Newton, yeah, you know I mean Gun Club. Gun Club or fuck them crackers. And he was like, No, I only do that because it's Black History Month. It was we'd be like, bruh. I'll fuzz with you though for that, cause that was bold. You know what I mean? Oh, that was great. That and he was like, no, I you know, we didn't think about how everybody was sensitive in this climate. I apologize. The damage are already oh, done. The damage already done. You know what I right. mean? And we we go spend some money with him. Symbolism has been embossed in our subconscious. We've already agreed that we're gonna reward that. Right. It already created the, the feeling. Purchase. Yeah, because of the feeling. So if these companies are showing their hand and pulling it back. They continuously showing their customer base, look, we don't give a shit about these people. Right. They're, they're mindlessly spending money with us. Same way that y'all coming over here mindlessly hitting licks off of them because they buying hair nails and whatever else. You could be beating them up, back, backhanding them and yeah. smacking the shit out of their grandmothers. Whatever you do to them. And they're going to bring more of their bag to you. And like, we in the same department. Right. So we're not direct marketing to these people. They're busting... They're next, they're, you know what I'm saying? Shorties is dropping their drawers to get them a bag. This is not how we promote our product, our culture to them. Facts. You feel me? So they, they they have this collective understanding by utilizing these dog whistles just to show one another, we don't fuck with these niggas. They fuck with us. Like, would you want us to not take their money? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? The Super Bowl just showed niggas that. 
you both show you that. Some boss said, I don't care how much money we lose. I don't care what's the possible brand reputation. I don't care if it's the lowest viewership in the history. It doesn't matter. You are not the people we value. Even though it's so reprehensible that the possibility of the repercussions can be like, y'all, you lose a great valuable chunk of your consumer base because goddamn 75% of the damn NFL players are black. But they still was like, nah, we got so much pride in this white supremacy that we will not let you all become the dominant voice in our paradigm because then you'll be able to leverage that power every single time. So they were the wait out our impatient asses, you know what I mean, and just see. And be like, look, this is the time period for controversy. And be like, no, even if something goes long, because we have a mascot for this, and no disrespect to Kaepernick, but he is he he represents that as if if he says something, it makes a difference. It does not make a difference what Cap say at this point. They can get a man a job with the biggest contract in the world. They already showed their hands. If I show you I'm racist, you know, it's like I don't want you to have power after that. I don't want you to continue to be the, the person that makes those decisions and make money off of me now because you know how to pander to me. That's not what I want you. I want you out of power and another entity collecting that resource, that income, that energy, having that sway, that influence, and that power. It don't matter for me if Cap run up and down that field and he's the owner of one of the teams. Maybe if he's the owner. I might, I, might, I might go for that. You know what? I might go for some black ownership. Let me let me recant a little bit. I'm going too revolutionary here. <laughs> NFL, okay, we got some power. I rock with that. I want his team to win every time, though. Every time. I ain't got no pride in no state, no nothing. It's his team. They to stack the team. I ain't going to the state. You know what I mean? They going to be the the, the Moorish Americans. What's we going to call them? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that'll go so hard. But, yeah, man, that's what I was saying, man. But uh, we, we don't even get, we don't even get a dog biscuit. And we still go by the dog whistle. You know what I mean? Every single time. Our celebrities still throw and do all of the parties. They they say I won't do the I won't maybe I won't perform at the Super Bowl, but I'll do everything else surrounding that in yeah. the ecosystem. So it makes just the same. Surrounding that. Exactly. So you know, I saw a um a post on Jermaine Dupree's live, right? Mm-hmm. I mean on his, you know, his IGTV. And he got called to the carpet by the mothers of the movement. Mm-hmm. You know, these are melanated women who's lost their children mm-hmm. to um to police, to the senseless murders. So, you know, they asked him not to perform and do a concert in the city of Atlanta, you know, because they felt like, you know what I'm saying, you 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 dancing on the grave of our children if you out here supporting this. You know, right. Stand with Cap. So he went and did it anyway. And he invited them to come. I guess for him to say, you know, convey your message to 30,000 people, they looked at it like, oh, you, you inviting us to a concert, nigga? Feel me? So they didn't come, and they blasted him. So he had to do some PR. So he contacted them and said, look, I'm going to come and meet with y'all. So he's like, fuck, I'm going to go and meet with you. I don't know what I'm walking into, so I'm going to bring these cameras with me anyway. And he got there to meet with them, and they was lightning into his ass, right? How could you? X, Y, and Z, da, 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 da. He was trying to explain himself, you know, and each one of the women introduced themselves to him. And one lady was like, you know, my son was shot 50-something times or shot at 50-something times. He had 73 holes in him. Tuskegee uh, attendee, mm-hmm. you know, 
um, never been in trouble with the law or what have you. They trumped up some story, kicked in the door, and lit them up. You know what I'm saying? So they're like, we feel that, you know, you're, you're, you're partnering with the NFL. You're partnering with these people are just discrediting what we, the smaller people, are standing here trying to do to get our voices heard. You know what I'm saying? And Sunstress straight up, he was like, I'm just an entertainer. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I'm just an entertainer. What do you expect me to do? So, at the end of the day, like, what 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 do we expect them to do? Is there a demarcation line with your entertainer first and then a melanated person afterwards, a father afterwards, a member of the community afterwards? Like, how high on the ladder does your, your occupation or your right. vocation exist where you feel that the level of solidarity that, you know what I'm saying, maybe should come with saying, damn, you know, I was woke yesterday, though. You know what I'm saying? I be on Twitter, Twitter fingering about the shit. Right. But when I'm actually called to action, and I have to make an actual sacrifice. Right. Right? Because you are Mr. Welcome to Atlanta. You, you dig what I'm saying? So when when those things don't align, you feel me? Um... Is it, a, is it a question of integrity? Like, do we look at these artists different? Do we supposed to be looking at them in that particular way to begin with? I, I look at it like this. Uh, I'm gonna start with this, right? And African caste systems, you know, the, the artisan is given a certain level above the poor class. You know what I mean? The artisan is given a certain amount of influence and things of that nature. He's not particularly a politician, which is a little above, and then the higher class, the kings, and all of that good stuff. But the artisan, because they're giving a particular, you know, level, sort of like middle class in between that, you know, higher, um, they don't particularly want the system to fall, right? Because they're giving power in the system. Right, so if the system falls, then so does they influence, they power everything else. So it's truly only the poor class that have the revolutionary thought, because if the system falls, then they gain the most benefits. You know, because then they can rise up from everything. If everything changes, then they have the ability to be on an equalized board. Right. But you're asking people, and so you got to sort of empathize with this mindset on both ends, if you really want like this real change. Because you're asking people who have power and that are benefiting from a system to topple that very power that they have and the benefits that they're receiving to be in the same, you know, yeah, cast as the poor class, which was the poor class, you know, we're talking about was the slave class. Right. So let's, let's, you know, family picture it as a pyramidal structure Mm -hmm. and the base is the most heaviest concentration Mm -hmm. and the fluctuation of the base topples the top. And it brings everything to an equal playing field. Mm-hmm. Now the scramble for a new hierarchical system takes place. Right. Because all things are still going to go back to a pyramidal system at some point. Exactly. Right. So so for me, um, okay. So for me, I think you have to look at it like this, right? <clears throat> Let me set this up, people. We dropping some heavy stuff and it's starting to topple a little bit. We, we toppling the phone and not the system. All right. Um, I think you got to look at it like they are looking at it the same way when somebody wants to cut them a check and use it for promote a particular image. Unless these people are sitting there 
and feeding their mind constantly with information and knowledge to where they can feel the vibration of the movement, they're detached from it. Like you can eat, people don't really get how easy it is to become detached. Once your environment changed, the people you hang out with change, your money, all of these things change, you are detached. You don't feel it or see it the same way. And so when you're trying to force the projection of how you feel and how you see on someone else, there's a disconnect there. They're only able to see it from their lens, their paradigm. Okay, we just go, we just go let this bang. From their paradigm and like their their reality. So, so, how, so how do we I would say that we have to give them explicit instructions based on real solutions. So, look, artists, this is what we want you to do. This is how you can support in the most revolutionary way possible. We want you to support the people who are doing it. So, look, Gucci messed up, right? So, instead of the boycott, let's do the boycott. Remember, you said you spent seven figures over there? How about you donate that seven figures to Blue Pill? Blue Pill has the mind to be able to create the revolution. He has the mind. This is how you can use your influence. We just want you to get behind him when that happens. We're not saying that you need to go do anything. We're we just saying that we need you to do this. Now, if you do this, then that means you're supporting us. This is the way we want you to leverage your power. We don't even want you to give up and sacrifice all your influence. We want to say that we want the people to have the power to fund their revolutionary thoughts. You know, but we want to do it at the help and expense of some of this value that you're getting from this system. Because we get to leverage your influence. We get to leverage your power. We get to leverage your privilege. Then if we do it like that. Right. Because he thought in his mind that, look, when a corporation wants attention to a problem, he thought in his mind, look, when a corporation wants attention to a problem, they create an event, and then they use that event to voice it out. He's thinking of it from the paradigm of an artist, from a marketing aspect. Right, yeah. So he like, I'm not, this is like my best way of being a revolutionary right now. I can offer yeah. a platform and a stage to get in front of people, but mm -hmm. outside of that, how can I formulate my message? I'm not an activist per se. Right. Even if I'm a social media activist, I don't right. know how to bring that outside. Mm -hmm. Outside of what T.I. and them might be doing, dancing right. or what have you, or doing this and that. Or, you know, putting their funds behind things that they uh, believe in or what have you. You know, um, these are very interesting times. You know what I'm saying? When the the white guy who created because, that... Uh, not, not, uh, not, go ahead. Not to cut you, but I'm saying that like, even in the 60s, though, and in the 70s, you had entertainers, per se, you know who were top entertainers at the time, you know, Harry Balafonte, Sidney Poitiers, um, Muhammad Ali, for, for lack of a better term, um, to some degree, Nina Simone, you know, mm -hmm. when she was hot, she made the sacrifice. You know what I'm saying? So these entertainers had a streak of revolutionary um, approach mm -hmm. and how they displayed whatever their sentiments, their momentary sentiments were, and they made contributions. Right. And I, But I think they were closer to it. Like they felt it was it was impossible to escape it. Back yeah, then. The, the 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 paradigm right. was different. The environment. Right. Today you can cut off your phone and escape it. Like back right. in the day, like you walked outside, you felt it. it was there. Yeah. Man, if you might have felt it even a little more as an entertainer because the people you were around were it. Right. Today these people are like the Californian liberals to where they get to hide and mask their racism, but right. their racism right. is built into the economics of you being their slave. Right. 
So it's different because I think they're fooling themselves and they're allowing themselves to be fooled by their false reality that they're projecting and they're buying and they're creating. Like, oh, I'm friends with so-and-so white guy that's been helping me for the last 10 years. Racism is not that bad, bro. I go and eat with my white friends every day. My best friend is white. He's not only white, he's gay and he's Jewish. You know what I mean? So it's like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. He just donated to my charity. I used some of that money he donated to my charity and put it towards Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter is the one that's screaming at me about these funds. They're looking at it from a whole different ego. They're looking at it from a white man's perspective. <laughs> you know, it's like, if you ask a white man, how can he help? He's throw a check at you. Like, right. what can I do? That's how the entertainers are. They got the white man's mind right now. So our entertainers are like white men that we're asking to be revolutionaries. And they're like, okay, this is how I can do it. So case in point, Meek Mill had his friend Rick Rubin, or I don't know, it wasn't that one Rick Rubin. Yeah. The president or the owner of the 76ers. Yeah, the billionaire buddy that helped him with the case. Mm -hmm. And he said that Meek Mill used to talk to me about social injustice, and people used to tell me about social injustice, and usually I just throw a check at him. I didn't feel it. I was disconnected from it. I had no feeling towards it at all. But he said that him and Meek had become such a close friends that they talk every day. Their families would kick it all the time. Meek couldn't go nowhere. He always in Philly. His only vicinity was to be able to go and kick it with the white boy. Mm -hmm. So he said that Meek asked him to come to this case. Now, he said he asked Meek, like, you want me to show up? And Meek was like, hey, you ain't got to, but I ain't gonna lie. I love it he showed up. So he said he showed up to the case, and he was able to see how Meek being a really great guy around him, his family, his daughter, like, he know all his billionaire friends, everybody. In his mind, like, yo, this is a person I know. This is a human being, and this is a Jewish boy. So he go into this case and he see Meek get sentenced to prison after the DA and the uh, and sure. his lawyer. Yeah, I mean, both said that both suggested the same oh, thing. Right, right. The the prosecutor like no time. That's my suggestion. And he said it's the first time that even the prosecutor experienced when a judge went against it. And he said he went up there and spoke on behalf of Meek. And he said that the judge didn't even look like she right. was listening. And he said that's when it became in that moment. And he said, not that the whole system became real to me. He said, that's when the case became real to me. So when you think about that and you think about, like, these are the people you are who you hang around. Meek Mill, if he was just hanging around billionaires and millionaires, he would get that same disconnect in the long run. You know, maybe not in the short term because he's still, like, he got street guys around him. But in the long run, 10 years, 20 years down the line, he won't feel the same and no more. He'll have to get back into a situation that provokes that feeling that drives and cultivates that will to do something different. And it's not that he comes up with the agendas that he plans on what to do. Now he has to go back and strategize with Meek and Jay-Z. Like, what do we do now that I care? You know what I mean? But then that opened his eyes up to, okay, maybe there's some of the complaints that black people are having are real. Not that I can feel them, but since I've been in the situation, I can start to see that. Oh, it's just the system it, yeah. fucked up out here. So if they can railroad meat, right? What's happening to the person? Right, they got a billionaire coming up here. They put up six million for that boy. They can railroad meat, and we had to put up six billion. I'm a billionaire fighting for him. That got other billionaire buddies that wrote to a judge. He got Jay Z as a prominent superstar in the world, and this boy can't even get justice when he's supposed to get justice. They they. It, it was so much that it was like this case is a super case study for the, the for the macro of the treatment that the other people are facing and dealing with. 
So his boy was going to the jail and bringing his billionaire buddies to see Meek in the jail. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So he said he had to do that to make it real to them to, so mm -hmm. they could throw the check in there. Right. So when you think about, even they know that they can't just talk to their billionaire buddies. They have to make it real for them. Right. You know what I mean? So that was probably great what JD went through that because it made it real for them. It, right. it gave them a connection then. A news clip don't make it real. That's just information. But the experience makes it knowledge. And what you do with that knowledge, that makes you either good or bad. Because information don't make you good or bad. You can always ignore information. We live in information age. It's everywhere. But the knowledge, once you go through something, you now have the morality of the my system of judging, damn, I'm good or bad. What am I going to do? And your next action determines who you are and how you look at yourself. And that becomes your character. So these... That's, it, the, that's the dance of dualism. Yeah. T.I., he went through the jail. That's when he became his greatest revolutionary self. After going through the jail and the trials and tribulations, same thing with Meek. It's a different connection when you got that experience because you get disconnected. So if we, and I know that we don't have enough energy to be trying to be all empathetic and look at everybody's views mm -hmm. and try to figure all these things out. But that's important when you talk about making real change. We can't just view things from how we want things to be. Everybody's world is different. We live on the same planet, but we got all different worlds. Right. So if you want to change the world, you have to get people on a collective consciousness, understanding and feeling the same thing. So it drives and cultivates us to make the same changes. So we got to look at it from the aspect of if I ruled the world, how would I move these pieces? And each piece thinks and does different things. We can't look at it as me being a piece and I want this piece to move a certain way. No, that's not how it works. Right. So I, I empathize. And I just think of it from an over perspective rather than an inner perspective, like I'm in this. No, let me, like, you know, what, what would God do? God looking like, you want that man to change. Like, that's not how that man going to change. You want that man to react. That's, that's every Y'all got different programmings. No, until his dominant program becomes like yours, you're not, you're not going to assimilate on the same path. You have to integrate that person into your thinking in order for them to think like you. Now, um, speaking of you know, social change, speaking of Meek Mill, he was in a video that went viral last week and it was in the skybox. I would imagine it looked like it was a skybox. It was with Puff. Mm, and, yeah. you know, Puff was talking revolutionary. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Puff said having a billion dollars is broke. Now, as a person such as yourself, you know, and I can attest from my own personal experiences, I've been able to do a lot on the shoestring budget. Yeah, billion dollars ain't broke. You know what I'm saying? It ain't broke. <laughs> on a revolutionary tip. Having a weak know, mind is broke. Moving some things, moving that football up the, uh, you know, up the field to the end zone, yeah. you know what I'm saying, to get that touchdown. It's a billion dollars broke for the revolution. It's not broke at all. <laughs> it, it, here's the thing, right? For a mind that is not dangerous, it will forever be broke. No matter how much money you put in a non-dangerous, non-revolutionary, non-liberating, non-executing mind, it, yes, it's broke as hell. You can get that person a trillion dollars and it's still broke because they don't they're not spiritual billionaires. They're not revolutionary billionaires first. They're not making those deposits. So if you give somebody with a dangerous idea a million dollars, they can goddamn change the world. Yeah. You know what I mean? You talking about a billion dollars? A billion? A billion? Come on, man. Stop a playing billion? with me, man. Cause it didn't take him a billion to get to where he at. A billion. This man got power and influence all around the world and he started off with a zero dollar budget. You know what I'm talking about? So how can you say being a billionaire is broke? That's I think that's dangerous for the culture as well because they think like no matter how much I do, I ain't got nothing. Well, once again, 
I think once again they're leveraging themselves as right uh, black men with European minds. They're leveraging themselves against their contemporaries. They're saying, if I'm in a room with Bob Robert Kraft, mm-hmm. if I'm in a room with Jeff Bezos, you know what I'm saying? If I'm in a room, so the trajectory of the the company that they keep, the people right, that right, they're right. looking at, to to their white friends, right. they broke. Yeah, and so they're bringing that. that back to the hood to say, oh, you know, I'm just giving y'all the game from, you know what I'm saying? This is the altitude that I'm at. You dig what I'm saying? And at this particular height, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm considered broke. You, you dig what but I'm saying? But that shit, at the same time... But it's not, once again, not the country, but yeah, go ahead. it's not approaching revolution. They're talking revolutionary while still trying to keep right their, their, their social strata together. You dig what I'm saying with these clubs that they're trying to get into, all these people that they rub shoulders with, or whatever they do behind closed doors. So I think that it was more so those particular sentiments that they was just talking slick. And, you know, I call it front camera consciousness. You know, when mm-hmm. that front camera's on, talk that talk. Talk that talk. You know, diet woke. Go here we pee. Go here we pee on them. But we, we are revolutionaries, never been billionaires, though. And I'm watching, I don't want no billionaire. That man started off with a third grade education, man. He just took superior knowledge and he changed the world. You understand me? Right. So it's the not it's the game that they got that will empower the people with real wealth in the first place. Whatever 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 game that you got that you ain't told, tell the people. Whatever it is. That's how you pass out your dollars for real. And, and, and that's the game. Like I've wanted many a times, like, you know. A brother like Tyreek Nasheed with a sizable audience with the podcast that he had. I personally never seen a podcast where he spoke about video production or this right. is how you put together a documentary. Right. Give away the game. You know what I'm saying? This is how you write a book. And that's what we're about to talk about. You know what I mean? This is Brandon. And, um, and again, no, no disrespect to our brother and his platform. I love the brother. I'm just saying, oftentimes, a person might be at a particular altitude to not know what's still needed right here. Mm-hmm. So they can get up right. there. No, I'm just saying a person that might be at an altitude up here, like let's say Tyreek is up here and the company that he keeps and what he's looking at or the way that he feeds, I need to, or feels that I need to feed my audience because they only, you know, showed up for this. It's like, nah, but if you teach them how to fish per se, then you might be enabling one of them to necessarily right. be the next quote unquote Tyreek. That person in their own space, you know, put their name in those quotes, not Tyreek per se, but saying, look, you know, I need to give more people the game about how to put these pieces together. Puff, you know, I never seen Puff do a business course. You know what I'm saying? I never seen Puff do a, you know, or put a book out. These are the steps on how to run a successful Black record label of yeah, business. Yeah, nah, he he, he has a motivation. I never, I never necessarily seen Jay give the blueprint out. The blueprint Jay gave out was for the dope game, but you're successful in music, and you've been so going on twenty years. Where's the book about the music, or the the, the whole? You know what I'm saying? Jay Z initially, because I used to read the Forbes at the time. You know, he had a portfolio when he had got that Def Jam money. You know what I'm saying? He had a portfolio. Mm-hmm. He had stocks in these companies that he was verbally promoting on wax. That's the blueprint. That's the game. It you is. know what I'm saying? You plug them companies, they stock shoot up, and you making a windfall. So 
this is the part of the game that never gets conveyed. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And that's why I'm gonna shout out DJ Envy on this, right? Because he oh, yeah, talked yeah, about yeah. how he goes Envy. and give away the free game of the shout real out, estate. Shout out Envy. Just cause. Cause he know that's what we need. That's what we need. And then even in that conversation with Hiller Killer Mike, I didn't necessarily agree with Killer Mike. And cause for one, there's no one way to skin a cat. You know what I mean? Just no one way to shift the like paradigm. Education. Right. Yeah, so, for one, I hated public school because public school is not what made me anything that I am today. It was the private education that I got when I went to a Muslim school that gave me the knowledge and the platform to program myself to be able to speak on the things that I do today. Public education, it just told me how to skim through the system, how to get over and shit, how to manipulate my teacher to give me a passing grade to get off this shit. It, yeah, it didn't, that's why I love yeah. my criminality. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it, 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 it didn't teach me my masterness, you know, my master class. So yeah, pu- public education is dangerous. I'm not about to sit there and defend a public indoctrination. You know yeah, what I mean? I, I can't tell you what I learned. Red said this. He said public education is just our system of indoctrination. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> There's bars is, and it's true. Right. So if I can give my daughter a private education so that she can grow into becoming the greatest individual on the planet Earth, I'm going to do that. Whatever necessary tools I need to equip my child with to build, yes, I'm not going to say run them through the public education system and let them come out with this. No. The public education system is owned by the government, so that means I was important a government entity right. to make the necessary changes to serve our best interests, which is our future. I mean, they, it's not called private school to prison pipeline. No. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know. <laughs> Factor. <laughs> I never heard. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.